Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. It is time to heat things up as the final innings, final pitches are uh, getting wrapped up on the last day of regular season baseball come Friday. It's playoff time. Wild card weekend uh, gets things underway. Uh, and then larger matchups uh, looming getting into next week. Uh, after a, a bit of a hiatus with uh, a little bit of life here and there sprinkled in for stuff going on, uh, Heater Podcast is back. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we uh, get you set and ready with a wild card preview, uh, we're going to uh, peer back, uh, uh, turn back time, if you will, uh, and take a look at our preseason predictions as we get to the again, the final innings of, of the regular season closing out to see just how close did we come or lack thereof. Always good to take a peek at that before we then look forward at the, the wild card matchups and give you our X factor for each of the uh, four series that will be taking place uh, on who we think will be the key difference maker for the teams trying to move on. As always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for Baseball playoffs and movies of choice come hungry, leave happy. We are reaching the twilight stage of that season as well. The popcorn wagon itself, we are down to, we're going to go through the month of October, barring snow, which, knock on wood, there will not be snow here in Wisconsin. Hopefully it's been pretty nice. Fall's been awesome to start the year. So we have, October is a five-weekend month. We've already went through one. We will be there this weekend, next weekend, the 23rd and the 30th. So four more weeks at the wagon. Still going Thursday to Sunday. We talked about dropping Thursday at this point of the year, but as the weather gets more beautiful, people start driving more. So actually, we're going to stay for a while. We're going to, we're going to try and stay Thursday to Sunday the rest of the year. And the uh, at least through the end of uh, of October. October, yeah. Sorry, yeah. through the end of October, I should clarify that. Yeah, and then after that, I'll get when we on get location a location l- and uh, little later on. When we get a little November, later, I'll give that more announcement. Yes, yeah, so there's a weekend the holiday in season. there's a weekend in November. We'll do something, and I'm probably pretty sure that we're going to end up doing a December day out of my house again. So there's some other options, but if you want the wagon itself for baseball season here, come to the wagon still for the next four weeks. Popcorn playoffs. Popcorn and playoffs. That's right. Winning combination right there. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, winning combinations, winning uh, predictions, or lack thereof. Uh, we will uh, go back to those preseason uh, predictions. You have the receipts uh, from what are our wise uh, words that uh, uh, left uh, our vocal cords to uh, uh, the uh, thoughts of, of those uh, listening within it. Uh, and uh, now back to us as well. Uh, well, tell me, how, what did we? Uh, what did we say way back when? Well, the AL East was won by the New York Yankees rather handily, and uh, neither one of us predicted e- them to even make the... Well, I shouldn't say that. You had them as a wild card, so you had them in the playoffs. I did not, so good there, job there. But as far as the winners were, I said Toronto, you said the Rays. Now, both of them are in the playoffs as wild cards, so we'll take yep. like partial credit there. AL Central, we both said the White Sox, and man, was that a disaster. Woo! Welcome to uh, the TLR uh, show, man. But he's gone. And, and that's another off-season uh, thing to get healthy, Tony. I do want you to stay yes. healthy. I don't wish bad health on anybody, but I think it'll be good for the White Sox. But we'll get to go, that. Go watch the games from home versus the dugout. Mm-hmm. AL West, we both got that one right. It's the Houston Astros cleaned up on the West, and that's to be expected. So the wild cards, I had the Rays. They are a wild card. 
I had the Mariners. They're a wild card. And I picked the Angels, and they're one of the worst teams in baseball. So that's hard to believe when you have two of the best five players of all time, possibly, on your team. Like, not maybe all time, but they had some good players on that well, Two team. Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. Two uh, Hall of Famers, at, I'm at, very at confident level. in like, that's, uh, uh No one's going to be able to explain. Uh, when they go back and, and look at, uh, at this team uh, 100 years from now, uh, and wonder how did a team with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani not make the playoffs? I think they'll still be left just as stupefied then as we are now. Your wild cards: the Yankees, who I said won the East, so you had that. The Blue Jays and the Mariners, so you had five of the six teams in the East. The only one you're missing is the Guardians. I had four of the six. Good job. Uh, NL East, we both picked the Phillies. They snuck it in as a wild card, so in the playoffs. NL Central, we both picked the Brewers. They got down to the last weekend and. Didn't make it. We can talk about them sometime. I know, Wes, we both took the free space and picked the Dodgers, and they are a historically good team. The wild cards, I had the Giants, Braves, and Marlins. Well, the Braves made the playoffs, not as a wild card. The Giants had a little run push late but did not make it. I think they finished behind the Brewers for second closest. And I I think I'm a year early on the Marlins. I'm still not ready to give up hope that the Marlins are going to be good in the near future. figure out the offense. In the near future, I still think they can be good. Wasting uh, uh, Sandy Alcantara's... uh, uh, The only guy that's allowed to go nine innings pretty much in baseball anymore. Six times this year. I think there's only other person with two. I think it was Fran Bravel that's got... Maybe Aaron Nola had two, too, but there's not many. Uh, Your wild cards, Padres, good job. Giants, we said, and the Braves. So, once again, you you did pretty good, dude. Four four of six and five of six. That's good. Our predictions... Would you like our positional predictions? Or our, like, award predictions, even though they haven't come out yet? Let's take a peek at it. So Why we update not? him. So your AL MVP is Shohei Otani. It's always like the free space, that right? That's a, that's a free space. And, he, and, and he's and, not going to win it. And he should. Uh, today, he should get his, He could always today, win it. Could, and that's just it. Until someone... You need a triple crown mm-hmm. to beat what Otani is doing. Uh, he qualified today. Uh, 162 innings pitched. Uh, uh, so he qualified for the pitching category and hitting. He's the only person in the World Series era to qualify for both in the same season. Uh, that is unbelievable uh, uh, to me. And, and again, he's doing what he, not even Babe Ruth has done. And when you're at that level, I don't care if it's a boring pick. He He's earned it. Con, uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge, fantastic year. Congratulations. 62 home runs. Uh, uh, legendary uh, uh, record now on your own team within it. You're not even in the top five of like what, what the most of, of all time within it. You had a great season. Mm-hmm. But you're not at an all-time level uh, within it. It's it's not. Uh, again, this gets into uh, always the good debate for MVPs as far as what do we mean by most valuable? The one that's valuable to get you to the playoffs? Then you can make a case for Aaron Judge because if he's not there, <laughs> the this Yankee team crumbled already crumbled with him. He was the only one propping it up in the second half of the year. So in that terms, can you make a case for MVP from that uh, from that standpoint? Certainly. If you're saying most valuable player, the person who puts together the best statistical season, without a doubt, that's Otani, hands down. And it uh, will be for until he gets hurt. Yeah, that, until the until that until, until he gets the hurt. and and as a we'll have to talk about it in the off season. He got uh, already the, they're avoiding arbitration, thirty million guaranteed for next year. Uh, they signed the one year deal, already got that done, highest ever for anyone in arbitration. How comfortable are you in giving him? Uh, a long-term contract. He's going to be on the trade market potentially uh, this this offseason within it. Uh, I think what's fascinating to me is that even if the 
even if the pitching arm stops or he has to stop pitching at some point, he's still a good enough bat to be worth whatever contract you give him. So mm-hmm. would I be comfortable giving him $35 million a year for what he's 29 now or going to be going into it? Like if we depends how you look at it with uh, the year that's left. Tack on seven more years at 35 a season, I'd do that. Uh, Looks better than that contract that like, Fernando Tatis signed now, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's the, uh, you take this peak as long, because you'll get more than 35 mil out of that. And plus, as contract numbers change, uh, it, that 35 won't be worth the same seven years from now as it is today. Uh, so I, I'd be good with uh, with that type of thing. But I'm getting back into the, uh, uh, how in the world do they uh, not make the playoffs with uh, Trout and Otani, and that's a whole different thing. But again, uh, Otani and Judge, the clear two uh, guys to be looked at there. My MVP pick was Rafael Devers. It was a good year. Played 140 games, hit 27 homers, 88 ribbies, hit 295. It was a good year. Could have been. Won't be, but it could have been. It, we should feel really good about the Cy Young Awards. I think you're going to get it right again. It's Justin Verlander. I think you're going to get it right. And I think I'm going to finish second with Dylan Cease. So I think we're going to nail the top two there. Uh, nice. Yeah. AL Rookie of the Year, I picked Julio Rodriguez. You took Bobby Witt. Once again, I'm not sure there was really a wrong pick there. Like, right. we might be first and sit number one and two there. I think Julio Rodriguez will win it, but I think Bobby Witt finished the second. National League MVP? Do we, who's, who do we think is actually going to win the National League MVP now? Now that the season's done. It's much harder than the American League, obviously, which is going to be Judge Rotani. The National League MVP? Is there, a, like, a clear-cut leader here that I'm forgetting? That's what I'm kind of going back and refreshing on the the top stats just to see what am I not uh, uh, thinking off the uh, the top of my head within it. Uh, it it's uh it really is a hard one. Yeah, I don't uh, think they have. I, I don't think there is like a clear cut National League AL MVP favorite. So uh, so uh, first, I'm just going to give myself a, a shout out on being right on the bounce back of Jeff McNeil as far as mm-hmm. being a, uh, a a solid contributor again, a batting title. Uh, uh, his that I'm seeing here, uh, uh, within it. Uh, but as far as who's, I looked in I, Vegas. I'll, I'll, Pete Alonso at least has something there within it. Paul Goldschmidt that's, is coming that's back That's who up. Vegas has. Is Paul Goldschmidt is the favorite, especially with uh, the Cardinals uh, uh, making the playoffs within it. I think that's the one that's uh, the most sense. Well, I pick Freddie Freeman. Right, that's that's yep. not far off. I, no. I you could make a case that Freddie Freeman deserves that yet again because he does exactly what he always does. I've always the problem with Freddie Freeman is is that Mookie Betts will get some tra- like Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. You could make the case for all of them, so they eat into themselves. Like that's what it's going to start happening. One hundred ninety six hits leads the National League for most hits in the season. He's a stud, right? He's always a stud. So and I'll, like Freddie Freeman's close. You picked Juan Soto. I know that you have some. Uh, let's see what's the word here. You have some angst toward Juan Soto right about now. I know that you've. Felt that way towards him. Don't speak his name in my presence. <laughs> uh, as far as Cy Young Awards and rookie, we both picked Carlos Rodon. It's a good year. I think he felt finished second in strikeouts in the National League. He's not going to win the, the Cy Young Award, but it was a good year for Carlos Rodon. I think we can hold our hands high there. Rookie of the year, I took Hunter Green. Hunter Green the last like month again is showing that, that dominance that I wanted to see. Hunter Green looks really good, and so he won't probably win rookie of the year. Uh, it'll be Spencer Strider, who no one had heard of at the beginning of the year. And did you pick Seiya Suzuki? Uh Battled injuries, but there's there's definitely promise in Suzuki. I, I like the most picked two. So we did a good, a good floor. I would give ourselves like a B. I think we get like a B, right? We did pretty good on the predictions and as far as position picks and the playoff picks. I give us I give us a B. 
definitely a solid. Nothing that was even what we were thinking beforehand. Many were. Tell me how many people have the White Sox in the playoffs yeah. uh, coming into this year. Uh, that's the, probably the, uh, which then allows you to say, most disappointing team in the American League uh, is right there. Uh, National League, if we were looking at it from that perspective, I'd go Brewers in that. Uh, you had mm-hmm. a high-end top-shelf talent on things. Uh, the offense came back down to earth for some guys. It was solid, but not as good as last year. Inconsistency, and then that bullpen, uh, which was a strength. And it has nothing to do with trading of Hader because even those that were, the guys that were left there were still solid players who just melted down uh, uh, within it. So massively disappointing uh, in that regard. So again, many people in the same category. Uh, guys, uh, one season too soon. Sure, you can make the case that we were that way with the Marlins. Maybe the Giants. This can be an interesting offseason for them. They're older, uh, still within it, and Carlos Rodon could end up opting out within it. What are they going to do there? They're kind of an interesting team as far as, and not to get too uh, far ahead when it comes to offseason questions, but mm-hmm. they're going to be an interesting one to watch because uh, uh, they're in limbo mode. There's a lot of teams in limbo mode now that the Game 162 is done here, and we will get let's, to those. Let's talk. Game one sixty two. Just how exciting uh, it was. Yeah the <laughs> the most boring final week of Major League Baseball season, uh, as for I, in the last twenty years, as far as I can remember, like watching more closely within things, absolutely boring. Uh, thank you, Rob Manfred, uh, for ruining what has been a very classic. Uh, a week more excitement to this. Uh, the added uh, wild card watered down that part, and then. The, the the tiebreaker uh, rule being this, the strength of schedule within it, uh, who held it that way versus a game 163. You robbed the excitement out of what is usually a fun, at least one race always uh, goes down to the end within it, and the best we had was Brewers and Phillies, and each one was trying to lose it for the other uh, in, in that regard. Uh, and it would have been at least more exciting within it if you want to also have the tiebreaker stuff too, you could have had more with this. Uh, the Rays punted on the final week of the the year within it. Once they clinched the spot, they'd rather face Cleveland than maybe some of the other potential matchups. You didn't see them uh, going and trying hard within it. They they ruined the uh, the matchups uh, that that could have been there uh, for the final week. You have games that were non competitive on the last day of the regular season here. Uh, yeah, I just if you want things to. Uh, be less efficient and, and cost more or be worse. You know, give it to government. That's always the phrase that's there. <laughs> or give it to Rob Manfred. Uh, we can take something good, something enjoyable, uh, and make it more boring and less uh, less uh, fun. That's Rob Manfred. Like you said, all these guys clinched early, so you just look at – I'm just – I'm really quickly just looking through some of these box scores to see some of the stars that didn't play today. And it's, you know, Pete Alonzo, they played a doubleheader. He did not touch the field today. Albert Pujols, congratulations on a historic season, did not touch the field today. Uh, Bryce Harper, his Phillies clinched, so he didn't play today. I don't think Kyle Schwarber started. No, he didn't start his game. So it's a lot of that. And Schwarber, I know, didn't play yesterday when they got beat 0-10 to by the impressive starting performance that Aaron Nola put down there. Or So, yeah, it sucks. We, we want to see good races to the end of the season, and we didn't see them. We saw a bunch of games down the stretch that were just kind of going through the motions. And I think that was kind of the opposite of what we thought the – the playoff restructuring would do right add one more wild card team add more intrigue but it didn't it actually took away some of the intrigue well you did two you can do one of the two you can't do both the added wild card there's more playoff revenue there's more chance that way that makes sense but then 
because you did that, you increased the the length of the season of the playoffs, and so you don't want a game 163 with that involved, so then you do a tiebreaker. Well, then you made the last week boring versus exciting uh, because, again, by adding the third wild card, again, I can understand it. I also like how they did it where there's still some home field advantage and how they how they actually put together the playoff series and how that's structured. I like it. That makes sense. But you can't take away the game 163 because when you already put another team in the playoffs, you water down the, the final uh, final games as far as the who's in it, who's not, uh, and and with without the uh, with the tiebreaker being there, it just it messed with the whole thing too. You can do one, you can't do both, uh, and I hope they change that. I don't think they will, but you just like you ruined the last week of the of the regular season, and to me. I went back. I showed my father-in-law the uh, uh, the one-hour uh, special that they did on the the greatest night in uh, Major League Baseball history. It was a sixty-hour uh, or sixty-minute uh, uh, show going through the final game of the tw- two thousand and eleven game one sixty-two when nothing was decided. Going down to the final game, no home field advantage, no uh, uh, playoff numbers decided, no playoff teams decided within it. It was all up in the air down to the regular season. I, I'm curious if I would go back and look at putting today's rules uh, into it, the third wild card, the tiebreaker within change? it, you would have ruined that whole thing. It wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that uh, that night extremely vividly. I had friends that were at the uh, Rays game uh, when they were playing the Yankees and went down like 8 to nothing, whatever it was, within it in the second inning. Mm-hmm. And then coming back to it, you don't get any of that stuff, none of that joy, none of that uh under Manfred's new rules. Uh, so I hope they go back and look at that and see uh, if they don't this year, my guess is within a couple of years, if they, if they have a couple of years uh, in a row where this last week everyone's calling up their AAA guys or the guys that they DFA the next day, or if they water this down and make this absolutely boring, I think they'll finally correct it. But you can see it coming a mile away that they've, they've messed with this too much. Hopefully we don't say that about next year's rule changes uh, within it, but we'll save that conversation yeah. for a different day. But for the exciting stuff, for the fun <laughs> stuff, we can talk about uh, playoff baseball. We can talk about the wild card series that's coming up here. Uh, it's just been set. We have the uh, not only the uh, the who's facing who, but we now have the time frame with the TV schedule, the lineup that is there uh, for this weekend of baseball. On Friday, well, so remember that we've – with that extra team now, we're going to get four games a day. So on Friday, the first game will be Tampa Bay at Cleveland, which will also be the first game on Saturday. That would be at 11.07 Central, 12.07 Eastern. And then then it's Philly and St. Louis the first day. The second day, Philly and St. Louis is at the end of the day. Seattle at Toronto goes from the third game, the first day to the second game, the second day. And then San Diego and the Mets is prime time the first day and still going to be later prime time the second day, just a little bit before Philly and St. Louis I'm not really sure why they switch up the order, but not really not really sure on that. But then, you know, if we're not sure then after that, right? It's only a three-game series. So if, if they go out and you lose the first two, there is no third day. And then we'll go from there as far as the third-day schedule is concerned. And then you have the uh, uh, the home field advantage of the uh, first two games. Yep. Uh, so you have the, the first two games are going to be uh, uh, at your home turf. Uh, with Venice, you have a chance just to, to win the first two at home. It goes to the, which is kind of interesting. If you do win one of those games, uh, then it tips back in your in your favor as the uh, as the away team. 
as the lower seed because you get to host the last game of that if you do get to a game three. So it's kind of an interesting thought. Am I seeing that right? No, I'm sorry. I don't it's, think all, so. it's all games. I think it's just like wrong. a series. It's just it's like a, a series. series there. I, I don't yeah. know why I was thinking. No, yeah, it's, it's just a series. Rules, you get the you get home field advantage for the entire thing. Yep, better seeds. So the three seed and the four seed, which we'll get to in a second here, we'll get the home seed, and you get if you're in a away team, you got to win two or three, and we'll see. There's some teams. Some of those away teams are pretty good. So let's do it. So let's take a look at the, we'll go American League first, uh, and as we look at these matchups, what we're going to do is also give, who do we think is our, our X factor uh, in that series uh, that we think might be in that X factor for winning or advancing to the next round. So let's start with the, the earliest game. So we have the, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, at the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Well, I think the X factor, so you're talking three-game series, right? So we're going to talk, I'll talk the pitching here. Obviously, the Rays are going to roll out Shane McClanahan for, for the first game. That's your third place finisher probably in the Cy Young Award, I would think, in the American League. Been a little shakier. Had that injury bug a little bit early on in the or later in the year, but he seems to have gotten it back a little bit. There's been a little bit of a hiccup in there. But then game two, like, is it going to be Tyler Glass now? Because that's, that's what that's it an sounds X like. Yeah. Uh, and so you definitely could could talk him as of him uh, coming back within it. He's thrown... Uh, Six and two third innings and over mm-hmm. two uh, two starts, uh, and uh, you had uh, that first game back. You were doing a yes. little fun with uh, uh, over under on uh, on strikeouts within a little bit of a uh, uh, fantasy and betting. He landed fun. on the number and landed and on it, so right I lost. There. Uh, but he's his swing and miss stuff is there. Uh, the uh, the fastball is still getting up to ninety. I think he threw one hundred one for one of the pitches within, so crack triple digits. Uh, that curveball is still. Uh, the full 12-6, it's there. He's throwing a sharper or a harder a slider, uh, which is intentional within to try to offer something that's more different between the other two. He's looked good, man. Uh, 100% left on base rate. That's that's pretty good. Like, if you can strand everybody on base, that's a good way to not give up any runs. So, yeah, that, that would be my X factor. Is if, if you get Tyler Glass now that's able to go out and pitch five innings, you assume that McClanahan is going to give you a good start in the first game all if you can – hurry up and win two of them. Like now we're going to talk about Cleveland's got her excellent pitching too, right? Like that's how Cleveland wins these games. So that would be my X factor. I expect low scoring games in this series. I think both of these teams pretty much rely on their pitching. Now, as far as like a hitting X factor for, for Tampa Bay, I'll go to the easy, I'll go Wander Franco, right? He's been hurt most of the season. He's only been up. He's played in 83 games, 344 at bats. It's been okay. Like it's been okay. 277. He's hitting 328 on base percentage. He still doesn't strike out. The walks have been about what you'd expect. I just think he's – it was just kind of like a growth year. I don't know. It was probably not what some people thought it was going to be, but it wasn't a bad year. Now you just got to hope that he's – maybe he makes that breakout like a Rosarena did a few years ago. Yeah, he When he came back, uh, he did hit a homer the uh, last couple of days here with Venet. The power is the last thing to come back from a handmade injury. Uh, but the, the contact ability was there. What you expected to see him uh, do throughout the year – He's at least doing that now as he's come back his last stint off the IL. If he can stay healthy, uh, they need that bat. Uh, for me, mine is uh, uh, my X factor is G-Man Choi. Uh, he's someone who's been mostly irrelevant the entire year, also stimmied by by injuries throughout. He's been ineffective. Uh, but uh, today in the last game, he was 3-for-3 three three, uh, with a double and a home run. Uh, he had a, a, uh, some good hitting the night before. You're starting to see him get that timing back. Uh if we were talking two weeks ago, there'd be a question of whether or not he makes the playoff roster uh, at this point. Now he might actually make it more of a, or if, if he's ready, 
His defense is, is always underrated at first. He does a pretty good job of picking things up, when, uh, especially low throws. He's one of the best I've seen at, at doing that. Uh, so he's been an advantage for the defense in that regard. But he's been, if, if you go back and look in the past couple of, uh, of seasons versus right-handed pitching, uh, he's been one of the best bats in the American League versus right-handed pitching. Cleveland is going to roll out some very, very good right-handed arms uh, for the Rays to have a chance. They need someone like G-Man to, to step up. They need a left-handed hitter to do that. They traded for David Peralta, hoping that would be the guy. He, Whether it's through some injuries, he's been battling a hip issue within it, but he hasn't uh, th- put together stats the way they were hoping uh, since that uh, trade deadline deal. G-Man Choi is the one that they need. If, they, if they're going to be able to win on the road in Cleveland and then go face the Yankees in the next matchup, uh, I think if, if they do, I think we'll be hearing G-Man, G-Man Choi's name again. I love it. I, I think it's a great pick because I'm going to transition us to the Guardians here, but you said it, right? It's all five of their main starters are right-handed. They're ace lockdown relievers. Both of them, Kerenchak and Class A, are right-handed. So, yeah, they're going to need – you're going to have to have some of your lefties step up because – this team's really good. Like, Cleveland is really good. Shane Bieber looks awesome. So I said they're going to throw out McClanahan and Glass now. Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie are extremely talented. Tristan McKenzie is so good now that better than I ever thought he would get to. I never thought he would get the control he's down. He's becoming a second-half so, pitcher. Each time that he's like, you look at like, okay, some of the control issues there, then in the second half he locks it down. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very, very good. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And my X factor for them, though, is – I'm going to go back to, like, here's what I would say. The Cleveland Guardians are what I wanted the Brewers to be, right? Where it's pitching, it's a dominant bullpen. It's the manual class say. That, that's my X factor is if even him and Karen Check, I'll just lump them together. You get them to the seventh, eighth inning, just like the Brewers last year with Evan Williams and Josh Hader, it's, okay, game's over, right? They shouldn't blow this. And that's what's happening here. You have Emmanuel class say. Did he lead the American League in saves? If he's not, he's right there with 42 with a 136 ERA, right? Ninth inning, done. You have the lead. But then it was always, can you get it to the ninth inning? Well, James Karinchek came back after, remember last year, he just forgot how to throw strikes. Well, again, this year, 39 innings, 208 ERA. Like, you get the, get them, these guys to the lead, and the game's done. Like, they, they can just say it's over after eight, seven innings. And they so, truly have a lockdown bullpen. They really do. And and then it's just like the Brewers, I said, had one superstar hitter, Christian Yelich. Well, the, Cleveland has a superstar, right? Jose Ramirez. And then it's, whereas the Brewers kind of went with, like, power hitters around him, Cleveland's went with a bunch of on-base guys, and it works so well. They've been trying so hard to get these guys, and now it finally they threw enough spaghetti at the wall that is finally sticking. They have uh, Stephen Kwan, uh, uh, some of the hardest guys to strike out uh, in, in Major League Baseball. There's another, I'm forgetting his name. Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario. They have some just... Uh, uh, think Josh Naylor? Uh, another surprise with... Uh, uh, Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez is the one that I was thinking group. of. Yeah. Uh, but then you have... They were raked over the coals for the Francisco Lindor trade. Uh, and if you look at numbers now within it, look at who they got in return, and then look at the just uh, wins above replacement for Lindor, and that, again, Cleveland doesn't get the credit they deserve. The Rays are the, uh, the analytical darlings of Major League Baseball, but Cleveland is right up there uh, in the same way. They don't get the same... Uh, accolades, if you will, for that or same praise that they are there. You have one of the best managers in Major League Baseball running the show with Terry Francona. Uh, their front office is very good uh, at what they do. You're seeing it come together here. They've been What they've been missing on offense 
what the Brewers wanted to see uh, their front office mm-hmm. click on. Uh, Cleveland finally did here, and what's what should make someone excited, regardless of what happens for them in this series, whether they advance or not, these are all young, uh, very uh, controllable players. This is your core uh, that you can move forward with, and even for their payroll, uh, there's money to go out and augment this team uh, with what they already have to it. It's uh, the next wave of of Cleveland being they're now the team to beat in the in the AL Central. Oh yeah, oh, uh, and, yeah. and now not only from the the White Sox or Twins, with like they have supplanted as the team to beat, uh, and not just from a one year wonder. Like this is what's here. This is now the team that everyone gets to chase in the AL Central. Andres Jimenez, I just want to go back to this for a second. You mentioned Francisco Lindor. He is sixth in baseball this year in WAR, six point eight, which is that's great, right? That's awesome. He bounced back. Andres Jimenez has a six point two. This sounds very Francisco Lindorian. Six seventeen home runs, sixty six runs scored, twenty steals, hitting three hundred. Like that's that's great, right? And twenty three years old. I think he's just ridiculously cheap too for them because obviously, like you mentioned, under not a free agent until twenty twenty seven. Their team is just extremely young. It is extremely balanced. They don't. You mentioned they don't strike out. Stephen Kwan's ability to put the bat on the ball is incredible. And they said get on base. I think he has like a three eighty on base percentage. Jose Ramirez is it right in the middle of that lineup? It's a fun team to watch. This that's probably the series I'm looking. Well, that's one of the two series I'm looking forward to the most. I would say so. I think there's going to be a lot of fun of. of uh, uh, this isn't exciting baseball. If if you're a uh, 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 a a home, uh, home run watching guy or offense driven uh, uh, fan, uh, but if you are one of the more diehards within it, uh, these are two teams that are very very similar that are going to match up well, uh, and it should make for a, a a good series. So I'm assuming that we're doing a prediction here. You're I'm assuming you're you're going to homer it out here. I am, okay. uh, but I but it goes three. Uh, and I was going to take Cleveland in three. So so I th- I think it's going to come down to uh, uh, someone was saying that the. Uh, the, the, the Rays need their offense to come alive if they're going to actually uh, move forward with this. And to me, I'm saying not alive. You just need a pulse. Well, I think uh, it just... I believe in, in Tyler Glass now with that part of what they can do. Uh, I think this these are like three to one, three to two games uh, within it. And uh, if they don't, I'll put it this way: if the Rays don't get out to an early lead within the first three to five innings, it's over for Cleveland. With Cleveland being the, that bullpen, that Rays offense is not going up, uh, not going to rally against that. I want, if it does get to a third game, I think then it comes down to, okay, well, then who does each team throw? Because I just mentioned each team has two stars, pitchers. Now, the Rays have, I think, probably a better back half of their of their rotation. Let's say they go, like, Jeffrey Springs. They probably would go Kluber, which would kind of annoy me. But I don't think – I think they will go Drew Rasmussen, Rasmussen uh, okay. or Jeffrey Springs, or they'll piggyback the two depending upon how that goes. Uh Underrated starters, mm-hmm. uh, they have be- and they become full starters. These were bullpen arms that they converted to starters a year ago. Uh, they're now passing that 150 inning uh, uh, marker uh, within it, at least for for Rasmussen within it. His he's filthy, uh, and uh, I think he has just as much of a. The issue with him is just health. He has two Tommy Johns uh, on that arm. Uh, if he can handle this. Uh, he has just as much upside as McClanahan and Glasnow uh, in that rotation going into uh, to next year as well. That would tip things in the Rays' favor as far as a number three. Uh, but again, uh, the the uh, I think you could flip a coin on either one of these teams in a th- in that third game uh, matchup. I'll take Cleveland in three. We'll we'll keep it we'll keep it going to opposites here for now. One. Let's move well, on to the next. Are we doing the next well, AL? Or are we going to go to the NL? Let's do the next AL. We'll have uh, okay. Seattle and, and Toronto. 
you have the the predicted uh, team, the one that everyone expected to make the next step up, uh, and then the surprise, but not surprising, uh, at the same time with, with uh, the Mariners. This was a team that uh, people were excited by, not only from their young talent, but uh, aggressive and trying to make things happen. Uh, uh, your boy, uh, was there a big... Uh, uh, big off-season uh, signing uh, with within mm-hmm. that, and uh, uh, and so it's a revenge series for him. It, Let that be known. It, it is a revenge is. series. It is, uh, and then they went out aggressive at the trade deadline, Luis Castillo, uh, and now signed him to the big contract extension in the last couple of weeks here. So he's now part of that core uh, moving forward. This is another team that is building themselves up for a uh, a nice. Uh, uh, stretch run here of uh, of contention. Underrated Carlos Santana. He's not hitting well, but he's getting on base at near like a 350 to 400 clip. Uh, just providing a little bit of uh, uh, of lengthening that uh, that lineup. Uh, they are, uh, I'd say, the scrappiest team uh, that we're looking at in the American League. Uh, take that a moniker for what you will. Uh, but it's going to be also be against a very good Toronto front three. Uh so what uh what do you like about this uh about this matchup? Who's your X Factor? Oh this one this one's tougher. Let's go I will start with Toronto here. So Toronto, obviously, you mentioned they have a very good top three, they have a very good starting rotation, they have a very good offense, right? That's what that's been their thing all along is they have an excellent offense. Who do they get to step up around them? Well, I am gonna go and then because of that, it's harder to pick X factors because you expect a lot out of a lot of these guys. Uh, how about mm, how about Whit Merrifield, who they traded for at the Terry deadline, wasn't playing regularly for him, and then at the last couple weeks here looks kind of primish Whit Merrifieldy. So he's been batting at the very bottom of their lineup because they had an injury to uh, who was it? That Santiago Espinal, who actually had a nice start to the year, but uh, you know they made a move for Whit Merrifield and. I said it wasn't always great for the year. He's still he's up to 252, which is not what we're used to with him. But could he be the Whitmerfield we saw in Kansas City, where he gets on base a lot and causes some chaos at the bottom of the lineup? And we know that the top of the lineup with Springer and Bichette, who Bichette was on an absolute tear for the last month to get back to pretty much what he did for the year before that. So I I like Whitmerfield as an X factor in the series. Uh, September numbers, 306, uh, a batting average, 340 on base percentage, 571 slugging. That's uh, uh, That tells you that he's seeing the ball very, very well right now. Seven extra base hits uh, uh, in this last uh, month, over 20 games, uh, and then playing uh, solid so, defense so uh, at different positions. But then the, the underrated uh, uh, pick there for when you think of all the other guys that they have, uh, for him to be the... Uh, the one producing like the uh, the energy uplifting like the the triple uh, sliding into third that type of stuff with a diving catch uh, is he the guy that can be that spark plug for them absolutely I think that's a great pick for an X factor I'm gonna go with the guy who's not having necessarily the the year that you expect uh, but I think he's the guy who that that big uh, three run shot uh, that uh, Puts the uh, breaks the back of the opposing team, uh, Vlad. Uh, in in September, I'll just give you the numbers since I'm looking at it. Two thirty average, two seventy five on base percentage. It's not there, but he has nine extra base hits, four home runs. Again, I don't think he's going to 
He ain't going to make it pretty. I've heard, uh, but I think he's going to have the key hit. I've heard people say, you know, how what a disappointing year it was. And it's like, okay, he had 32 home runs. He's 97 RBIs. He hit 273 as a 23. Don't you love how, like, like the, this, the expectations on <laughs> yes, this kid? Like that 274, 32, 97 RBI. Uh, that is a disappointment. Bases. I know. That, that's a, this is a guy who could easily be making his major league debut next season, and he would not be behind the schedule. Like, that's how good Vlad Jr. is already. He's already broke 100 home runs at the age of 23. Like, I. You know, he's he's probably not Freddie Freeman, right? He's probably more like Matt Olson. And if if Vlad Jr.'s career is Matt Olson, he's he's awesome, right? Like that that's what I expect out of him. So yeah, I, I think it's right. Here's my question with Toronto. Let's hear it. Say it's to game three. Because you're rolling out Manoa, you're rolling out Gaussman. Are you rolling out Jose Brios? Because it's been awful at times. It's been up, it's been down. Are, is that who Not you want? Not who you'd want in a uh, do or die uh, uh, situation uh, per se. I, I don't know who they. I I don't know who th- does the game three. I I might throw Ross Stripling. There's been times when Ross Stripling has been better than. I think that's Jose more Barrios. the stabilizing force that you can then pull the plug early if you need to. Uh, but I do believe that uh, it, from what I was reading, anyways, that. Uh, if it comes to a game three, they're looking at, stri- at stripling first. I, I would do it because I said Barrios has had games. There was like a stretch. Boss Ross. Yeah, yeah, he's been amazing at times. He's been terrible at times. You know, they they're under the hook here. They they gave him that big contract extension, and at the time, I thought it was a pretty good deal. But it, this was not a good year for Jose Barrios. So officially, it ends with a five twenty three or eight. It felt worse. I know. I said there were stretches where he was great. There were stretches he was not great. I, I don't know. But we'll see. I hope if you're a, if you're a if you're a Blue Jays fan, you hope they win the first two games and it doesn't yeah, get to that. I don't I don't see how you're not nervous if it goes to a game three. Uh, you have the offense that can bail you out. Uh, not uh, uh, Definitely not going against that. Uh, but I suppose offensively, uh, you're having a, Julio Rodriguez is making his first uh, 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 dip into the dip in his toe in the water in the postseason. This is how legends are made. Uh, mm-hmm. Kid, for what he's done this year within it, here's a way uh, to take that ceiling even further, that hype even further uh, in a series like this. Are you going to make him uh, your X factor in that regard, or do you have someone else in mind? I have someone else in mind. Somebody who just recently got the call back up, has been playing center field because Jesse Winker is injured. I, I He had a two-homer game September 29th. That's about all he's done. It's Jared Kelnick, right? It's Jared Kelnick. He's back. We've we've been waiting here. I. See, he started today. Went zero for two. That that's the X factor. Like I, love I know that what you're staying with. I love it. I, well, here's the X factor. It can go one way or the other, right? right absolutely. Julio Rodriguez is a stud. He hit a home run today. He's back from his little injury thing. I don't doubt. I don't think that the like the shine is going to be too much for Julio Rodriguez to be overwhelmed. I would be very surprised if he doesn't perform. But you need someone else to perform, right? Like Suarez has been very good for them this year. That's like his best year that he's ever had. But Jesse Winker's hurt, <laughs> so I. Is, are they going to play Jared Kelnick? Is he going to be this, the left fielder? Because that's what I think they're going to do. I think he's going to play left field for them in this series unless they go with Taylor Trammell. And so then it's, okay, well, do you got it in you? Now, if they're going to win, it comes down to their pitching. Uh, this team does not have the yeah. offense to play with Tampa Bay or to play with Toronto, excuse me. But Luis Castillo is probably the best starter in this series, I think. Right, you mentioned I'm, Robbie I'm a Ray. Fan. I, I, I've been a fan of his for a while. Yeah, I think he's and he looks really good in Seattle. Like he's looked. There's times he was good in Cincinnati, but the park sucked. Now yes. Seattle's park is great. So I think Luis Castillo is probably the best starter in the series. Then you're going to roll out Robbie Ray, which is fine. And then game three, do you go with Logan Gilbert or do you go with George Kirby? Like George Kirby's first year, the control is incredible, right? The the, the control that George Kirby has shown as a was he 24? Yeah, 24 year old who in 130 innings 
gave 22 up 22 walks 100 22 to 133 strikeouts. Walks. That's like, amazing. The control that he's displayed is incredible. I would roll Joel, I think George Kirby's better than Logan Gilbert. And I think Logan Gilbert's going to be very good. But I think I if, if there's a game 3 and you told me that I can roll George Kirby versus Jose Barrios or whoever Toronto throws out there, I'll, I'll take Seattle in that. Like these guys are better than what Toronto can do right now. I'm curious. I'm trying to see again for who's been a, what have you done for me lately type of thing. I'm pulling up uh, September numbers just to see who's uh, uh, rising to the occasion. Uh, I think this will probably, if they're looking at, at tipping it in any favor, Logan Gilbert has had a great uh, uh, September. Uh, four quality starts out of his six uh, starts within it, three and one, uh, 36 it's, innings it's pitch, 25 hits, uh, 41 strikeouts. He's uh, he's doing very well. The the low homer numbers, uh, only two home runs given up, so he's keeping the ball in, in the park. Uh, you know, that's a, it's, like you said, it's a good problem to it's have. Good, uh, like, if what I was saying is a terrible series. decision to do a, a George Kirby instead, not at all. Uh, if, but I think uh, Gilbert probably gets the nod with what he's done in September. If this game, if this team advances to a four-game series, though, right, say they win this yeah. game, they become pretty hard to beat. That's they a are. Real, And low-key, they also have an excellent bullpen, like, Excellent bullpen. Uh, you talk about just how good Paul Seawalt, and especially Andres Munoz, come back from the big injury. 65 innings. Oh, where's the strikeout number? 65 innings, 96 strikeouts to 18 walks. Like, awesome. Low-key, great. 249 ERA. They they also can lock it down at the back end. So Seattle has to win the series. And it's not, I'm not going to just sit here and say they're going to do that because their offense, beyond Julio Rodriguez, is not as good as many of the rest of these teams in this playoffs. But... They have very good pitching. It's long. They have a good bullpen. And they this is a team that tends to, like, you, you mentioned the word scrappy or whatever. Like, they scratch out wins, right? And it's all you got to do is win two here. All you got to do is win two of three. I'm going to go for my fun name for a X Factor, and that's Cal Rally. Uh, he has Mike uh, Zanino, he's Mike Zanino redone. He, Younger he, Mike Zanino. He really is. Uh, the uh, seven home runs uh, in the, the month of uh, September – uh, some of the biggest home runs that they've had for snapping their their uh, a playoff streak or without uh, a, a playoffs within it. Uh, I think he's got another one in him. I think we'll see another highlight where it's a uh, Cal rally with the uh, uh, the difference making home run shot. Those thirty uh, percent strikeout so, guys, man. Those thirty percent strikeout catchers who just lean in and sell out for the power. I love it. The interesting too, like. Uh, talked about Carlos Santana. He was a guy who, uh, I guess, on base percentage is typically what he's doing. But he sold out for power this month. Seven home runs, uh, also within it, both leading the team. They have, they're not hitting well for average outside of of uh, Julio Rodriguez uh, within it. Uh, Eugenio Suarez has actually done a little bit better in that regard. But the power, uh, I'm just looking at their September numbers. This is a team that is, uh, I'm oh, betting. Big- that they probably have the most homers of any team in September. Uh, 39 home runs as a team. Uh, Ooh, I could probably figure that out here. Because you have uh, uh, Cal Raleigh and Carlos Santana both at seven. Suarez and Rodriguez both at six. Uh, Ty France had a four uh, within it. Jared Kalanick uh, with three. Uh, 39 home runs in the month of, uh, of September uh, seems like an awful lot uh, or better than average uh, within it. It means you're averaging at least... Uh, one and a third. Uh, uh every game, uh, within it, uh, twenty six games, so maybe one and a half. Uh, yeah, exactly one and a half uh, home runs per game. Someone uh, better than me could probably figure out. I can't figure out how to do it by the year. They're 
like sixth in the year for the home runs. That's pretty good. Yeah, you don't think you don't think of them as a team that sells out for power, but you're right. They they kind of do, and and it's worked, right? They they won this many games. They got this far. I, I think they're going to need somebody like a Cal Raleigh or a Jared Kelnick, who I mentioned, a Ty France, who's going to have to step up, right? It can't all be Julio Rodriguez. It can't all be Eugenio Suarez. You're going to have to score some runs to beat a good it, Toronto team. But it does need some of Rodriguez for them to really <laughs> hit. Like, like he's The problem is the, this uh, high of expectations on such a young kid, but he has to perform at that level uh, to at least have that as the benchmark, and then someone else has to step up. Uh, but they definitely need a, a big series out of him if they're going to do that. Do you think that's the way that goes? Prediction time. Uh, are you uh, picking uh, Toronto in the best of three or Seattle? I'm going to take Toronto. I'm going to take Toronto. I think their offense is better. If it does, but I think Toronto, if it gets to game three, if Toronto loses one of those first two games, it becomes much more interesting to me. I, on Again, on paper, Toronto is better. Uh, but we've said about Toronto for a number of oh. years now, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm keeping with that with that same idea. I'm picking Seattle in three, uh, where, again, uh, Toronto should, uh, but I think Seattle finds a way. Uh, so that's my, my pick of Seattle in three. I like it. Let's go to the National League. We got uh, Philly and St. Louis. That's a, uh, I think, going to be an interesting matchup from uh, Cardinal pitching versus Philly offense. What do you like or don't like there? This is the other one that I, when I said these are the, the ones that I'm most looking forward to, this is the other one I'm most looking forward to because you nailed it. I, I think Philly is just so perfectly designed for a three-game series. I think they are just handmade for this, right? Because you can roll out arguably the two best pitchers, well, the Mets play. So I was to say the two best pitchers of all these teams in one, but the Mets are out there. But Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, right? Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, I've said it for years. I think that they are just awesome. And this was the year when I picked Aaron Nola to win the Cy Young Award last year, and he failed, let me down with like a 430 ERA, but like a 310 FIP. I was like, well, okay, well, whatever. He got unlucky. Now it corrected. And historic season. I, what was this? I saw it. I think it was Jason Stark. He only walked 29 guys all year. He struck out 235. It's the most ever for a guy who's walked over or walked less than 30 batters in a season. Most ever for a guy who walked less than 30 most strikeouts ever in a season. Uh, incredible. Now he went 11 and 13. He almost took a no, he took a no hitter. The game they needed to win, he took a no hitter into the eighth inning against the Houston Astros. So if you tell me they're rolling out Aaron Nola in game one, there's probably not a better pitcher going. Like I'll take Aaron Nola over Adam Wainwright. And then you tell me that you have Zach Wheeler for game two. That's a pretty good odds, right? So I think they have two incredible pitchers for a three game series. And guess who's on a heater again all of a sudden? Our buddy, Kyle Schwarber, is suddenly scorching hot again. He had multiple two-homer games in the last week here. We know how hot he can get. You just We just need one of them, right? You just need it for three games. Get hot, win two games. They're finally healthy. Bryce Harper's back. Kyle Schwarber's back. Castellanos is back. Gene Segura's healthy. All five of them have missed substantial amounts of time this year. They made it in the playoffs. I think they're just perfectly designed to win this series. We said this team is built uh, for the three and five game series, right? This is what they're built for. They're not because of the uh, the veteran uh, uh, older uh, players within it. Uh, 162 games, maybe not. Uh, but all you have to do is get in. We said no team felt more dangerous in the postseason outside of the Dodgers. Uh, that if you had to face them, even again, uh, that we'll see how the, everything goes uh, within this. 
Uh, but this is a team that has equalizers for everything. Because at this level, you need star talent to produce at star level. They have that. On pitching side, on offense side, th- they have it. The question is, I mentioned two out of three, bullpen. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, they easily have it for two of the three. Does that bullpen, have they alleviated enough concerns, uh, or is that still making you queasy in the great words of Joe Philbin? Well, that that's... You're right. That's that is the question because you're right. Offense, pitching, they got it. The bullpen has been the question on this team for years. They've sort of just tur- leaned into like Zach Eflin as the low key closer the last couple weeks. He got a save the other day in the game they needed to win. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez being healthy is a big part of this. I think him getting healthy at the end of tier two helps. I know that Brad Hand has elbow tendonitis that would help, but he's not going to be there now. I I think it's enough now. If I'm if I'm picking like you know an X factor here, right? All the stars are hard to pick, but I will take one just because I want to reference how good this man has been this year. And that is JT Arimoto, who I didn't even mention him as the stars. Yeah. I, I think it was the second ever 2020 season, 22 home runs, 21 stolen bases, a 275 average as a catcher. Like it's hard for anybody as a catcher. That is extremely challenging. He's and only played stolen bases in September, by the way, 138 games is all he's played. So to put out a season like that, like, incredibly good season from JT. That's the reason they paid this man. Like when whenever, they're getting their money's they're, worth that 115 million that they gave him for five years. I think he's got one more year under it. Like they should be extremely happy with that. Cause it has worked. I know people don't like all the money they've dropped. That one's worked. Most contracts by the time you reach the second to last or last season are usually uh, albatrosses. Like they're you're essentially you're saying you're trying to get better value out of the earlier years because you're not going to get it in the final year uh, or walkout year of a contract like that, especially for a catcher. Five years that's unheard of. You don't get that uh, with an and he has produced. There's always going to be injury issues with catchers. You're not getting 160 games out of something like that. But if you're getting 120 to 140, you're doing well. Uh, and again, he has produced. Uh, the numbers are there. Uh, that contract has actually been been worth it from start to finish. It's my X factor, Kyle Schwarber. He's, if he's hot, also can be an X factor. I'm going to go for a, uh, an an underrated one. Okay. Uh, there is because uh, I'm I'm seeing in, in September. It's just it's just the little things, uh, and he only has uh, five RBIs. Uh, in the uh, in the month of, of September, uh, a nineteen to one strikeout to walk ratio. So I'm not I'm not exactly selling myself right here with what is I'm it, saying. But uh, Brandon guess? Marsh, I was say, is this Brandon Marsh? I was gonna say, is this a guess? Two eighty four. He's a yeah. contact hitter, and that's the type where all of a sudden you're in a one uh, one one game or four to four, whatever you like it to be. He's up with two outs, guy on second. It's those types of things where these guys get their. Uh, uh, the big the big spot uh, in a big moment and, and produce. I'm saying like an RBI uh, single in the seventh in a game uh, a game. I'm not going to say game two. Game I think two, Philly right. and two. But I think you're looking at all the big guys within it. I think he's the one who comes through with the uh, decisive uh, and final blow. You're going to all these like 30% strikeout guys that I just detest, just so you know that. But <laughs> but look, Brandon Marsh has been much better the last month. I said, now a big part of that was leaving uh, the Angels. Getting out of the Angels, which with their ridiculous organization helped him for sure. Uh, I do think there's, with the Angels, he was kind of like this high-end prospect, not super high. It was not Joe Adele who they ruined, but he was a high enough-end prospect that there was a lot of pressure there. There's, like I said, 
I can go down this lineup and say, guess what, Brandon Marsh? There is no pressure here. Like, you are not Nick Castellanos. You are not Kyle Schwarber. You are not Reese Hopkins. You are overlooked by the pitchers uh, that you're facing as you're thinking of everyone else, and that's where you have a chance Mm -hmm. because they're just going to throw you a challenge fastball. This guy has a 30 homer uh, season under his belt. Uh, he's, he has produced before. Uh, he doesn't have to be the guy uh, within it. He doesn't have to have the big prospect shine. Just come up in the moment when it, when it reaches you. Let's go to the Cardinals because there's always a million X factors because who knows what to make of the Cardinals, but yet another amazing season. I, you know, Okay, let's start with, I guess the X factor is the man who is 42 years old and just put together the best season he's put together in like a decade to set... Yeah to pass Babe Ruth for the second most RBIs of all time. What are we at? 702. Did he get to Yeah, 702, right? Before he retires. I don't don't, see how you can't give it to him. I don't know how Albert Pujols did that. I have no idea what happened. I amazing. He put together a 151 weighted runs created. That is the best season he's put together and waited since 2010, which also was with St. Louis. So all those LA years, sorry, not worth it. 24 home runs and in a, 307 at bats. That's amazing. That is truly incredible for what that man can do at that age. So, yeah, I'll I'll give it to him. Who knows, right? Like, could he go out and hit three home runs in a series? At, I'm not at this point. I'm not going to doubt him because I would have said it's he's at midway point of the season. I think he was at 690 or even maybe less than that. I would have said there's no way he gets to 700 before he retires. And here we are sitting 702. Like. <laughs> That, that's the IDB X factor because he's been so good for them this year. And he's been on, on a push uh, at, towards the end of the season as well. Uh, been impactful in the amount of time that he's had uh, with, again, an MVP candidate there. We talk about the stars of, of Philly. Uh, St. Louis has them in their own right. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Aaron Poo, uh, Albert Pujols uh, within it. Uh, do you, you have your have guys uh, that that are producing at, at a, a very good level? Do you have the September stats in front of you again? Is that what you have? Uh, I can pull that because I know that one player that once again in the beginning of the year started scorching hot, got frigidly cold, and has ended on a hot streak is Tommy Edmond. I, I feel like five stolen bases, which and he had stopped stealing uh, for a while within it. Uh, injuries there. He's uh, uh, 287, 333 on base percentage. Uh, but again, it's the the five stolen bases uh, to lead the team in September. You need that guy at the top of the order when you have the run producers uh, uh, looking at that. Uh, and by the way, don't look uh, away from the other uh, old man uh, that is in his yeah. final stuff, Yadier Molina. Uh, 288 uh, average in, uh, in September here. Uh, that's what you're looking for for some of these guys to, to do their, their step up within it. Uh, Here's, it's going to be interesting. Okay. If we if we look at these two teams one-to-one, right, as much as we can say Albert Poulos is great and Goldschmidt and Arenado, right, like I'm still giving offense to Philly, right? Is that, That's fair. I will give offense to Philly. Pitching, Philly has the best two pitchers in this series. I will say Nola and Wheeler are the best two pitchers. Now, Adam Wainwright, once again, 41 years old. I'm not doubting Adam Wainwright. Right? It's hard to doubt him at this point from what he can do. But even game two, who pitches it? Is it Michaelis? Is it Flaherty? Is it Quintana? Like, I don't know. They have all these good, not great options. And it's well, not a team it's that's... It's been inconsistent. Like, he can throw a complete game shutout uh, and then not make it through the fifth. Uh, Miles uh, is yes. the, That's who I think they go to. But also, uh, sure again, they have, they have a lot of number four starters that are very it, yes. good number four yes. starters, but not that number two because... Uh, Jose Quintana has been uh, underrated yeah. in what he's done for them. Jordan uh, Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery has, right. has been there, too. This team is built uh, for a long series. He's been hit by the, 
he was a bit by the home run bug in, in September. Uh, led the team with five home runs given up. Not terrible, but definitely not where you'd want to be. Uh, same thing with Miles Mikolas was four uh, within it. Uh, now, you have uh, uh, Quintana has been very good. I, I, I think he gets the... Uh, the start they'll look at you know like how they do against each individual team best matchup within it but uh, I see them leaning Quintana and I think there's your X factor for uh, the the Cardinals if you're looking at pitching uh, I think I think he has a chance to play a very key role for a guy who is supposed to be like just a journeyman and uh, done and he's had a nice resurgence Good. with the Cardinals I mean that's the the midseason trades they made right where they got Montgomery they got Quintana and that worked out and and so. Even if you say, okay, the, the Cardinals have a deeper rotation, I would say the Phillies have a better top of their rotation, yep. right? So maybe more built for a small series is Philly. Correct. But the one advantage that I will say for certain is the bullpen again, right? At St. Louis's bullpen is very good. Once again, we talk about those back down, locking down the back end. Helsley with his 103-mile-an-hour heat that he brings out of the bullpen just is awesome at the very back end where they don't they have a lockdown closer. He has a 125 ERA in 64 innings, and Giovanni Gallegos pitches the eighth. So, once again, another team that if you can get the lead to them, I feel good about it, which I can't say that about Philadelphia, which makes this a very like contrasting styles type of series. I haven't watched, so I, I can't really rate within it, but, but Jack Flaherty is the... Uh, Again, you know what you're expecting uh, to be within it, but the it's the control because uh, it's the if you want to give up a hit per inning, you can you can survive that way if you have a good control. Thirteen walks in September uh, within it, so that's forty people on base in twenty seven innings in September. You're playing with fire uh, and playoff baseball against a very good Philly offense. Uh, again, it, it's the the injury stuff needing to be crisp within it. You're just not seeing it there yet. Uh, I don't I, trust Jack Flaherty's health at all, for one. Yeah, I, I, I know that he got yeah. back in pitch September and that he's they've been like five innings most of the time. I do not – like if, if I'm going where you got to win two games, right, fine. I run Adam Wainwright out there because he's earned it at, at that point. But I would much rather trust Michaelis or Quintana, probably Montgomery. Like I don't know about Jack Flaherty. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, I have, like, long-term concerns about Jack Flaherty, but I had that about Zach Allen. He looks amazing this year. So I still say the uh, Cardinals, are, are they're, they're especially great at one thing, and I think it's the best baseball name uh, within it, Lars Newt Bar. <laughs> I mean, come on. that that's a, He needs his own candy bar uh, with, that they sell in St. Louis. You have Mars. to have a uh, – I need a Lars Newt Bar. That's right. That'd be amazing uh, marketing. Mar- Mars, get on that. Or Hershey, somebody should get on that and take advantage of it. Where are we going? Who are you picking? I'm going Philly in two. Uh, like I said I, I I think this is a it's not meant to be a knock on on St. Louis at all. I think if this was a a five game series, I could see it going five games. Uh-huh. Uh, but in a three game series, Philly is built uh, uh, for this. Uh, we'll see if they can finally put the money where their mouth is. We've talked about that before, but now that they've made it to the dance, this is the one where you expect them uh, to be favorites in a series like this. So it's Philly in two. That's the one. This is one we're going to agree on. I. Yep, a longer series favors St. Louis. Shorter series, you, you favor the star power. Philadelphia, This once they got in, they are a very scary team for a lot of these teams because they have star pitching, they have star offense. I'm also going to say Philadelphia wins this series. You know, as much as I criticized uh, uh, the last week of uh, uh, the season being the most boring week in, in Major League Baseball in 20 years, these four matchups are fun. 
I, as far as like what's no. coming up this weekend for Wild Card Weekend, this should be some uh, some fun baseball. What we've lacked in the last week, you're now going to get that energy back uh, in each of these uh, uh, series here. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of good baseball. And there's one more matchup to talk about, Padres and Mets, uh, the, the the New York uh, matchup, uh, the uh, the big spenders. Uh, and the uh, Both of them are big spenders. Yep, and then going for broke. Uh, the going for broke series, I think, is the easy way you could could do this within it. Uh, and uh, I will not say a, a single word about at least one player. You won't hear it happen. Uh, you, uh, I'm never drafting you again. I don't care if you're in the last round uh, and I have to go with uh, someone else who's Lars Newtbar's second cousin twice removed. I will pick him uh, over he who shall not be named for being the worst first overall pick in Major League Baseball fantasy in like 15 years. Thanks, pal. Uh, <laughs> let's start with that team. Okay. Uh, I, I honestly don't know how they got to the playoffs at some points. It has felt I like this team. I well for that one, didn't I? I know. I'm like half laughing. It is so str- – the, the Padres are the strangest team in this playoffs, right? Because on paper, we can say we look at it and you say, star, 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 star. Like, this team should be really good. But you mentioned – or you didn't say his name, but Juan Soto's been really bad. Like, really bad with San Diego. And Josh Bell has been worse. And obviously, Fernando Tatis never came back. So, there are just questions galore. Now, they're winning. (laughs) Good for them. They're winning. And in a short series, their pitching's really good for a short series. You Darvish has been, like, bounce back incredible. and A true ace. True. Oh, absolutely. And Mr. I got to get paid, Blake Snell, has been... I, he is Mr. Second Half. You want to talk about Mr. Second Half? It is Blake Snell. Because both your, I wrote him off about midboy point of the season thing, and he's just what he is. And he has been awesome down the stretch. Whereas Joe Musgrove is kind of Mr. First Half. They should just combine together to be like Voltron here or something. Like <laughs> they, they've got it. And here's my here's my X factor because after the trade, Josh Hader looked broken. There was talk of what's wrong with him. We're going to pull him out of the. We're going to pull him out of the closers role. And then I think he made missed like one closing opportunity. And he's back in the closers role, and suddenly he looks really good again. So Josh Hader is my is is my X factor for them because if they get to the X, if they get the lead on this team, and it's going to be hard because we're going to talk about how good the Mets are here. But if you get a lead, you can't blow it. Right? <laughs> like you're not going to get many chances to beat a good team like the Mets. The Mets were really really good. So Josh Hader, one way or the other, either he's going to win these games and hold them off for him, or he's going to melt down in spectacular fashion. We will hear all about that, and AJ Preller will lose his job. That's what's going to happen out of this series. Congratulations to Preller for the amount of swings. Uh, man, take, he, he's no one has tried harder uh, no. than AJ Preller. I'll give him that. And the guys that he's gone for uh, have made sense. Uh, he he has made the biggest trades of the last two deadlines uh, within it. Uh, it just hasn't worked. Uh, but here's my X factor. We're talking all the big names. There's still another trade that was made uh, who Brandon produced Drury. well. Yeah. In September, Brandon one, Drury, man. 296 average, 350 on base percentage, uh, five doubles, four home runs, uh, so nine extra base hits within it uh, uh, in 15 games in September. I think that's the uh, if AJ Preller survives a season uh, where uh, he who shall not be named uh, cannot uh, produce the way you'd expect him to do uh, with Tatis being gone, uh, with uh, Josh Bell not able to do anything you with it. Josh if he Bell- survives all those in the playoffs in this first round, if that all happens as it has to this point, 
he survives his job if Brandon Drury does this. So he's my X factor for the, the Padres offense. Do jo- take a guess what Josh Bell's batting with San Diego. He was a 300 hitter. 301 with yeah, Washington he was with 1400 hitter. He is hitting 192 since being acquired by San Diego. I I thought that one was just a low key and I know I've That was a given to me as being a solid uh, the add on We both talked about how we wanted you wanted him for Tampa Bay. I wanted him for Milwaukee. I, I still want him next year. I talked uh, I said, to, oh, I'm still I'm, I'm, with him. I'm ignoring all this stuff within it cuz you don't you don't just lose that but he's had two uh, two of the past 4 years for sure if not 3. I think it's 2 and 3. Uh, where the second half just bottomed out. I don't get it either. It makes, I mean, I look at this, and you could say he's a little unlucky, but it just falls apart. Like it's, and then what? We, uh, you don't want to talk about him? I'll talk about him. So well, just one last thing on on Bell within sure. it. The it's not even as if he has a strong like like swing and miss like strikeout numbers that are terrible within it. Uh, he's 17 strikeouts in 22 games. It's nothing terrible. Uh, Machado has uh, 29 strikeouts in 25 games. Uh, with it, obviously, he very well produces, <laughs> and he needs to produce within it. Uh, but there's no identifiable thing of looking at this thing. okay, this is what's mm-hmm. going wrong with Josh Bell. Just the hits just aren't there. Yeah. Uh, the last time, we'll, this is the last I will mention it, is, is Juan Soto. I don't know how we hit 240 this year. I really don't understand it. You look at the stats. This man still walks more than he strikes out by a substantial margin. The BABIP is low. It's 250. The other years he's played in the big leagues, he's put up a 330, a 360, a 312, and a 330. I like He's proven enough to me that he should be able to maintain like a 320, so maybe he just got unlucky. Maybe he did. I don't know. But it was a... 27 home runs and six steals with a 244. Like, the 27 home runs is not all that different than what he put up last year. He put up 29. You take that, right? I don't know what happened to the average because he should never he should never sniff below, like, 290 with the way he swings. That That's the weird part. With his batting eye. Yes. And so maybe he, you know, we've seen, we've seen him go on hot streaks before. Maybe he goes out here and he puts up, like, a, 350 average in the postseason. He could do that. It wouldn't that. surprise. No, it can't None surprise. Of it would surprise you. I, you're just waiting for it to happen, and you're just wondering if it's all going to happen right? this like, year. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. This team could very – like, if you told me that the San Diego Padres won the World Series, I would say that's that's doable, right? Like, you have two star pit, you have st- two star batters, and Manny Machado and Juan Soto, right? Two stars still, even without Fernando Tatis. And you have – you mentioned it. You Darvish has been so good. There was a stretch where he was with the Cubs that I was close to writing off you Darvish, too. And suddenly, he is an absolute stud again. At the t- at his what is he thirty six now thirty five I guess he is uh, three ten ERA this year with another how many strikeouts did he get one hundred and ninety seven strikeouts that's incredible how good he is like and so could they go on a stretch where they win this series and then they just go with this four tight four man rotation of Darvish Snell Musgrove and Manaya and start winning games yeah they could like you could exp- I can sit here and explain how this team wins a World Series it's hard to do that with them like I love Seattle. It's hard for me to sit here and say Seattle's going to win the World Series because I don't think they have the offense to do it. But San Diego can. Now, could they just as easily get beat two games in a row by the Mets? Yep. Really easily because I've seen them stink. They're so streaky. Well, let's let's flip to uh, the the Mets' uh, focus on this series. And we have to talk about uh, we're waiting for some to arrive. Well, here's one that's not going to arrive in this series, uh, and that's Starling Marte. The latest report uh, that I'm seeing here off of ESPN uh, is uh, unlikely to play in the series. That's what Buck Showalter has just uh, said, speaking before uh, today's regular season finale. Uh, you know, never say never, but feels like very much like a long shot. But that leads to my X factor for the series. I already mentioned his name. 
uh, coming back to it. Jeff McNeil has been splitting duties in, in right field with Tyler Naquin. Uh, I'm going with McNeil as being the guy that, to be that spark plug that Marte has been. Uh, 292 average, 347 on base percentage, uh, 16 homers and 18 stolen bases in 118 games. Starling Marte has been very good uh, uh, for the, the Mets here within it. That's a big blow, uh, but the NL batting champ uh, within it can at least be still that that guy getting on base at the top of the lineup. You have plenty of your home run hitters stuff within that's available here. Uh, it, him getting on is key uh, to getting that offense going. I, I'm just going to go right back to the bullpen. I, we talk about Josh Hader being a question mark, and there's there's up and downs. There is no ups and downs with, with the Mets' ninth inning. If yeah. they have a lead, Edwin Diaz is done, right? The game is over. Like, Edwin Diaz has been so incredibly good this year. Like, a 131 ERA with 62 innings, 118 strikeouts in 62 innings. You're talking almost two strikeouts per inning. That is incredible. 17 per nine innings. That's that's. I'm almost, I, I'm assuming that's leading baseball because that's like peak Josh Hader right there. Two years ago, they're riding him out on the rails yep. In, yep. in New York. Uh, yep. I, again, the everyone that's now coming out down and, and loving ERA. him, endearing so much in, in New York and Queens, you couldn't speak. Uh, they wouldn't speak his name the way I wouldn't speak of uh, an outfielder <laughs> from the, the Padres uh, within it. Uh, they were ready to give him away uh, two years ago. Now he is the most dominant reliever uh, in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, and uh, for him to be the X factor, getting to the end of the game and locking it shut, yeah, absolutely. So game one happens. You can see. Can you? How hard is it to envision Max Scherzer pitching eight innings and just giving the ball to Edwin Diaz and them shutting it out? That is like that is not hard to see at all, right? That's what you have Scherzer for. Right? That's what now what you have Diaz for. They paid uh, up for Max Scherzer eight and one. Yeah, uh, that sounds like if you were if you were placing a bet uh, uh, in Vegas on how the pitching matchup goes. That, I don't get how that isn't the likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so Edwin Diaz, I'll say X-Factor just because I know what he does. The, the true question mark in this series is, does Jacob DeGrom pitch the second game, right? Like, that's the question. Because guess what? When we've seen Jacob DeGrom pitch this year, and there's been ups, lots of them. There was, but there's been a couple downs a little bit recently. Uh, pull up the September stats because it's been a little bit shaky. Now, for him, a little bit shaky is good for what most people can put up, but... Jacob DeGrom, if he's healthy enough to pitch game two, right? I can say Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler is my favorite pairing, but there is nobody like Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, right? Those are the two best. If fully healthy, they might be the two best pitchers in this game, right? Like on the same team. So if Jacob DeGrom pitches game two, you say we roll Max Scherzer, we roll Jacob DeGrom, we've won this series. Without question, that that's the uh, – if, and at this stage, you don't need him for the full year. You just need him now. Uh, and that's what you need a Degrom to uh, to do. <laughs> I'm again. I, I'm more of an AL watcher than I am an NL watcher. Overall, I love baseball in general for both, and I try to watch what I can. But this September, I haven't done as as much. Uh, I almost uh, fell out of my chair looking at Degrom's numbers. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, you have uh, uh, in his five games, 28 innings pitched, 47 strikeouts. Uh, he is he is very close. Uh, to Edwin Diaz level. And we're talking about him being the most dominant. And for one inning, uh, that's what Diaz does. DeGrom does it for at least five. Well, DeGrom uh, is pitched. Right? That's the, and so I, I don't see how he doesn't do there. It's a matter of who do you have as the bridge from DeGrom to Diaz. That's the big uh, question in, in game two. 64 innings this year. Take a guess how many strikeouts Jacob DeGrom has. 64, 101. 102. To nice. Eight walks. Eight. I talk about wow. Aaron Nola. Like, 
eight walks in 64 innings. It's incredible. Like, he is still, when fully healthy, there's nobody better. The only negative uh, that I'm seeing here within it, he led the team in home runs given up in September, six home runs uh, within it. Uh, and I said, there's that's been, the only thing with that. He's got the, the dominant stuff. There's been some chinks. The last four starts, six innings, three earned against the Cubs, which, you know, it's a quality start. He struck out 10, right? But three earned is, in the playoffs, that'll get you beat. Like, three earned in five innings against Pittsburgh, struck out 13 in five innings, but he's given up a home run. Four innings, five earned against Oakland, which LOL. And six innings, three earned with three solo home runs against Atlanta. He's given up a home run in his last, what is that, four starts? He's given up three runs in each. Like, very small chink in the armor, right? Extremely small chink in an extremely tight armor, but it's there. <laughs> Enough to give San Diego a chance. Right. That's the thing. If you have a, uh, so here's a, a likely scenario this plays out. Eight and one, uh, uh, Scherzer and Diaz. Uh, and so the uh, Padres lose game one. Uh, five innings, 10 strikeouts, three runs given up uh, to the Padres. They win 3 2. Uh, Snell can go and give you six Uh, innings of no earned runs. We've Uh, seen him do it a hundred times, right? Like he can do that. It's not that you expect that it'll be good numbers for Degrom, but it may not be great from the uh, great fantasy numbers. Not necessarily great for playoff numbers. That's the question with the home runs of where he's at right now. A a guy who's trying to get back and and rhythm for things. Uh, He could pitch six innings and strike out twelve and and do a shutout, and it wouldn't be surprising. Uh, but the likely scenarios means we're headed to game three. Mm-hmm. And if we're headed to game three, what uh, what do you like? I guess the game three. So San Diego Raleigh rolls out Joe Musgrove, right? Who's been kind of shaky in the second half. It's been it's been a little rough. I assume that the Mets roll out Chris Bassett would be my guess over T- Carlos Grasco. But at that point, at that point, I'm trusting that the Mets offense steps it up, right? At some point here, we can say about how good Yu Darvish is and how good Blake Snell is, and they are, and they are, but the Mets have Pete Alonso. Like, San Diego has a good lineup too, don't get me wrong, but it's much more top. Like, the Mets have all these on-base guys. Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Eduardo Espart, Mark Canna's been good. Like, they have all these guys who can get on base, and eventually it, it, like, wears down on pitchers, right? Like, the Mets have much more built for that, where San Diego... Beyond Juan Soto drawing a million walks is much more swing and miss than the Mets are. Like, remember, uh, I can't think of the owners. Steve Cohen was like, we need all these on-base guys. And he paid up for them, right? But Nimmo's back. Canna's there. This is what they paid for Francisco Lindor for. The Mets should win this series if it gets three games. And I agree with that. I think that's the, uh, there's just too much offense, too many opportunities uh, uh, for guys that are, I mean, looking, solving a problem on base percentage for this team. I, You'd have to go back and look at the numbers. Are they number one uh, for on-base percentage as a team? I mean, you have McNeil is at 382. Nimmo is at 367. Uh, Canna at 366. Marte is 347. Uh, Alonzo at 352. I mean, think the the average the, there over uh, over 350. They're the best one non-Dodgers division. That sounds right to me. That's like Aaron Judge's the best one not Shohei Otani division. Like. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so I'll take Mets in three. Uh, and we just played it out for you guys as far as what the likely scenario is uh, uh, within it. Uh, Mets uh, game one, Padres game two. Uh, you think in game three the depth uh, favors the uh, uh, quality depth favors the Mets uh, in that regard. Uh, and so yeah, Mets in, Mets in three. But if, the, if game one blows up differently than what's described, you'd have to feel very good as a Padre fan going into the next two. 
I, I really want to see the Mets play the Dodgers. I really want to see the Mets. I mean, I'd really like to see the Mets play the Braves again because that was awesome this past weekend, but Mets-Dodgers would be great. So so that gets into like what my, uh, what we'll do as we wrap up here is that even we'll break down each series as we go, but we're going to give you our, our full uh, postseason uh, predictions uh, within it. And so what I think I would – welcome to talk about division race within it for leading through, but I'm just going to head right to the uh, – Top two teams in each heading to the, the championship series in AL and NL. Uh, again, I, I think my prediction is the Rays beat Cleveland and the Yankees within it, but lose to Houston. Uh, so that's where I see Houston and the American League. The series I want, I want Dodgers, I want Braves, I want the Freddie Freeman series. That's what I want to see. Uh, again, going back to the beginning here, he was offered more money, more take-home money from the Rays uh, uh, than the Dodgers. I... Uh, I fully believe he went Dodgers because if the, if the Braves aren't going to keep me, then I'm going to keep them from ever going back to the World Series. I think that's the motivation. And, yeah, he's my NLCS MVP uh, in that if it gets to that, that's the series I really want to see. But then Dodgers over uh, Houston again. I, it's a boring pick, uh, but it's the most likely pick. It is, it is, it is definitely the most likely pick. Um, let's see here, Tom. I'm doing this off the cuff. I would say Houston beats – Whoever wins Seattle or Toronto, Houston is an extraordinarily good team. Uh, I agree, though. Whoever wins Cleveland or Tampa Bay, I, Yankees are so dependent on just a couple of players. Like, it is such a shallow team. So in I a three-game series, that might tip in, in the Yankees' favor. Yeah. I don't like that in a longer series. No, I'll, I'll take – I pick Cleveland. I think, I think Cleveland beats the Yankees, and I, I would agree, though. Houston is an exceptionally good team. I, I can make their sound you know, across we, the board. If we get to this, if we get to you know when we get to this, we will talk more about it. But I can make a case for the Cleveland to beat Houston. I can make a case for Tampa Bay to beat Houston. It's really hard to actually make a case for the Yankees to beat Houston, just because like yeah. I said they're just not as deep. Like, but we'll get to that when we cross it. I will take. You know, I actually think Philly can beat Atlanta. I do think Philly can beat Atlanta. I want to see Atlanta, but Atlanta's. As good as they are, Spencer Strider's hurt. Like that does not help them. So you have Max Fried, who's also kind of nicked up right now. And then it's like Kyle Wright had a great year, twenty wins. I think the only twenty win. I think the only twenty win. Yeah. Pad, like awesome, but is he better than Zach Wheeler? I, no, right? Like so, Philly can mess it up. Of all the teams within it, they're it like I, I'm. I'm good in any other one. Again, we said Philly built for this type of series. Uh, that that would be the. Uh, I'm going for more what I want to see <laughs> okay. in the NL yeah. uh, over what uh, what I th- maybe if I truly broke down thinking it through the matchups within it. Uh, I uh, but uh, but if you picked Philly, that that's not surprising at all. I think I'll take. I think in, as I said, to sit here quickly. I I take Philly over Atlanta. I you can't. I'm not picking as much as I like the Mets, and I think they're a very good team. I Dodgers right like incredible Dodgers over Phillies, Houston over Cleveland. So. It would. I'll take the Dodgers over over Houston probably as I sit here because yeah, they're they're incredible. Like we've said it before, we'll get we'll talk about them next week when we get to talk or Sunday night. We're actually going to come back and do it Sunday night. So just a few days from now, we're going to talk again. So the uh, I thought there was one more that I was going to see. No matter what, I, there's there's always money to be made in the postseason for players and for teams and uh, stuff. That's their postseason revenue is, is the added uh, benchmark. You're not gonna beat uh, the the uh, the owner of the Judge Home Run Ball, who's sitting pretty within that. Uh, uh, one of the headlines on ESPN is an auction house has offered the fan two million dollars uh, for that home run ball. So that's even an auction house saying that thing's gonna get there uh, uh, within it. Uh, 
Uh, so if there's someone who's uh, sitting on some uh, some added cash uh, that will definitely beat the level of some players uh, and what they're making uh, this postseason. Uh, see the guy that fell out of the stands to try to get it. You see the one guy who like tried to make it and he fell down oh. into the bullpen area. I was like, dude. Good, good try, man. But yeah, congratulations, I, I Aaron Judge for, on her ball for a couple million bucks. Uh, would I end up making a dive uh, for it? You know, <laughs> that, that might be a, uh, uh, a a willing shot as long as I actually could get a uh, uh, try to get a uh, Aaron glove Judge on the ball. Pay for that man. Actually, he didn't win it. But he didn't catch us. Say, Aaron Judge, pay for that man's uh, hospital bills. But I can know. tell you, uh, one uh, player that won't be paying for a fan's medical bills, and that's. Uh, uh, the nice uh, linebacker from the the Rams uh, last night taking out the guy uh, who was uh, uh, streaking across the with field the, with the paint I, smoke. I, I want to see that more uh, <laughs> just with the, just, just, a, just a, the, get the middle linebacker out there. Someone does that. You don't need security to do that. Go head hunting and knock him out because you know what? You're not getting a 15 yard penalty on that one. You can't touch a quarterback, but if a fan does it, it's fair game. Uh, that I would watch uh, uh, for the added uh, uh, entertainment of that. But with that. We will wrap up our uh, uh, wild card weekend uh, uh, predictions. Sunday, we'll be back to recap these series, see how we yep. did. And then we're going to talk about some of the AL teams that missed the playoffs. The AL teams, we're going to do it in sections because we'll talk some AL teams that missed the playoffs. We'll go over a reason for optimism for each team and then what went wrong with each team, too. So, we'll, uh, again, this is the the postseason uh, uh, taste within it. But, uh, again, some of these teams, as we get into the next uh, next round, we'll have already discussed more of their strengths and weaknesses within it. We'll give our predictions on those. Look at those series, but a chance to, uh, for teams that are retooling, uh, for teams that are, uh, you're, let's wait till uh, next year uh, within it. Uh, where's the where's the optimism? What's the, the, uh, the outlook uh, for what's there uh, or how they can uh, – uh, how they can retool uh, for next year. Uh, we'll have some of that stuff for you coming up uh, on uh, in the next few days as well. Peace.